Thanks for tuning in to Solana Made Easy, your Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, live show on Twitter. In this episode, we dive into a variety of different topics. How do we feel about Magic Eden marketing heavily for their mints? How do we feel about DGen Town driving their sacrifice in the ways that they found success without promising anything on their roadmap and over-delivering? In addition to this, a variety of conversation on is the Solana market maturing, as well as what we feel about certain projects removing their discords, trying to focus more on the marketing efforts of social media and Twitter, and finally wrapping it up with some high-level alpha. Thanks to all the speakers, but let's get into it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the space. It's Solana Made Easy, your Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. show. Excited to talk about everything that's been going on here, what's been happening in the market. We've got some great speakers today. Excited to hear from everyone up on stage. Shout out my co-host, P.O., and it's great to have Running Man back after what feels like a month hiatus here. I had no idea where my friend went, was terrified. <laughs> Turns out he was climbing a mountain. But hey, how's it going? Running Man's always mailing it in. <laughs> yeah, you forgot um, rug, rug, rug pullers and mountain climbers. Either. Oh, yes, of course. How are we doing? All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm back, man. Um, yeah, just... Um, yeah, I mean, there's not been much going on in the market. Um, I think it's a good, sort of like a good lesson, just to like, you know, you know when it's, you know, when it's dead out there, just touch some grass. You know what I mean? Try, you know, you've got to keep when you're trading, you've got to like sort of keep pace with the volume in the markets. You know what I mean? You don't want to really try and force things. And um, yeah, just get, you know, sometimes think, thinking about the space in general um, rather than just being stuck in the bubble, um, you know, day in, day out. So, you know, it gives you some sort of perspective. Like, so, yeah, happy to, um, happy to have some input on that tonight. So, yeah. No, I man. couldn't agree more, Running Man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, e- easy. The volume uh, on OpenSea yesterday was totally anemic. Signs of life today. What's the story with the volume on Solana? Yeah, I mean, man, it's... Uh... It's interesting. Uh, I think we certainly are seeing some volume here. We're getting some secondary action. We're getting some good movement across the board, in my opinion. But I think that there's still kind of this lull. We're seeing from Hello Moon, when I look at some of the data points and the metrics that I really focus on from like a macro condition, we are still seeing a slow and first-time wallet signers. So seeing a decline from new money tends to kind of indicate that the market may be pulling back even harder here. But I also think part of that's from like the lack of catalysts. Like we've had OpenSea's launchpad delay twice here. Duppies looks like it's going to keep getting pushed back. It's currently now in August. It seems like there's a lot of hesitation. But at the same time, man, like coming from equities and looking at the traditional equities market, summers tend to be slow. Like that's a big thing. People say sell in May and go away. We saw it last year too. You had the uh, April launch of Bored Apes. June, July kind of got quiet, and then August was just insanity for the NFT market, followed by a fall that just picked up a ton of volume. So we're finally getting into this cycle where I'm really curious to see if that repeats itself, and maybe then we can start saying like there might be trends forming, but we really have no context, which is the tough part right now. Like The market's still so young. We don't know what's going to become consistent volume. Like Maybe in two years, seeing 15 mil is good. You know, I hope not, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the situation we're in right now. Running Man, what's going on? Yeah, I did. This is one of the subjects I actually thought about. To be fair, I mean, yeah, it is quiet. I mean, you've got you've got you know outside influences, you know, there's instability in the world, etc. And you know, passive, in, you know, it's, it's not it's not it's sort of like passive income um, area at the moment, you know. So you know, the spending just to sort of get it pretty quickly in that sort of department. But I mean, you said we've been in this space a year now. With me, 
it's quality of projects as well. I mean, you know, we've been here a year and, we, you know, we've just seen the same projects and the same roadmaps and the same Ponzinomics, you know, that, that actually adding no value and just being regurgitated on a daily basis. You know what I mean? And I, and I think if we, if, we had, if we actually had projects that, like, operated these businesses and actually generated some sort of output and, you know, generated some of back as an NFT holder, you know, there'd be a lot more interest in this market than there is as we sit here today because, um, you know, I'm looking across the board on Solana and I'm looking at projects and there's not many that, you know, out of all the thousands of projects that have launched this, this year in the last 12 months, there's not many sticking out for me, to be fair, as as like being exciting <laughs> at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll get more excited about the nifty, you know what I mean? And we have... You know, at the moment, the Solana section, you know, we're still having a go with, you know, an NFT attached. So, you know, but um, I don't know how you feel, you and P.O. feel about it. No, we'll let, we'll toss it to P.O. real quick and then circle around. P.O., what's going on? Well, no, I was just going to say, because, like, what you said, sell in May and then go away as, like, kind of a saying for the equities market. I feel like when I look at the NFT market, a saying that I could see developing is, like, you know, buy an NFT, then just go jump off a bridge. I think that's a little bit aggressive, uh, but in the current market conditions, I also understand where you're coming from. So that's totally fine. Hey, you know, uh, I can't really knock it. I think many people are weighing that option, uh, sadly. And also it's a little bit, a uh, little bit acceptable for our bags going straight down, but Hey, fast, fast Eddie, what's going on? How you living? What? Amazing. What's happening? I was so excited to come to your space. I saw you got mentioned in like the same tweet as me the other day for like spaces that don't suck. So I wanted to come in as soon as I saw you up. So I'm happy to be here. If any of you guys don't know me, I'm a technical marketer. My background's from Lyft, Postmates, YouTube, Netflix, and all those fun things. And uh, now here I am working under the two gentlemen who created Solana NFTs over at Solana Labs. And uh, we're building really cool shit. And I wanted to comment on Running Man stuff. Like I think the market's getting a little more mature even though we're sideways right now with, with the overall pricing, I think like in Solana, we're starting to learn, like we got through that degen mint cycle of that meta real quick, right? Like, like, and also we got tricked a lot, like in the, in the last few months, because there's a lot of people that are new to Solana. And when they come here, we haven't seen that whole ETH hype thing happen where like a Twitter gets built to 50 K 150 K what seemingly randomly. And then, you know, the newcomers get excited about that. I think there's real legs behind it, but I think we're getting a little more mature. We're starting to see through that. I think a lot of people in the ecosystem are starting to connect themselves to projects that are using the amazing tools that Solana has given us and Metaplex has given us, like Strata Protocol with the dynamic minting price. We just tested that out twice last week. Metaplex tools are starting to be utilized more and more and more. There's entanglements happening. Um, there was a merch drop last week. That, that, you know, you got to airdrop the token, then you minted a, an NFT from that, and then you burn the NFT and you get a hoodie and the hoodie has an NFT cupcake tag in it. And then you get the you get the NFT back that you thought you burnt and you get a physical hoodie and it's tied to a game that's built on the Solana chain using a raindrop protocol. I know that's a lot of tech talk, but I think that the more and more we use these protocols and the more and more that we're starting to, the, the, the project owners are starting to actually realize the importance of, of using these things that we're getting more mature. And I think that, that these projects are getting more exciting. And we were just on an ETH space with uh, ETH versus Solana for like four hours with, there was a hundred thousand people in there guys. And I was just preaching my ass off about Solana. I think we got some good info out there. So just wanted to say hello, tell you what I, what I think about what's going on in the space. And, and, I, and I see positivity when, when, when there's no light too. I mean, again, the market's sideways, but 
if you look at, at our ecosystem, I, I see I see some great growth and I see some some maturity. So yeah. Hey guys. And I'm hyped to have you up here. I, I always appreciate listening to the stuff that you host, the spaces you run through, the content you share. And I, I definitely value your opinion on stuff. I mean, dude, you're plugged in. So it's tough yeah. to fade that. It's great to have you up here. You're welcome to yeah. stay and frequent here as much as you'd like. I always, like I said, value the opinion. It's uh, You mentioned a couple of things. Like the maturity is pretty damn clear here. Like we are working towards a benefit and a positive longer term. And it's going to sound mature, wild. I'm mature, mate. Like... Go ahead. I'm mature, mate. Yeah, you bet. A hundred percent. But <laughs> diving into that, it's like there's other things that are picking up speed here that have me interested. Like when I look at like the Solana phone, for example, I think that's a lot bigger than most people realize from like a marketing standpoint and a way to engage net new users from like a development standpoint, actual real world utility standpoint, because that's going to open up a lot of like D apps and other value adds. And easy, it takes balls, see. dude. It takes balls to do that, right? Like to go launch a phone while the phone's out. Bro, that's fucking wild. Out. Like, it's wild. Out, bro. Like, I, I, it, it takes nuts to go be an innovator. And I'm actually working on that project with Raj and Coley. And we're actually doing an aspect of it. There's going to be a, uh, an NFT aspect to it that'll be announced shortly. It's some alpha for you guys. And uh, we're working with all of the top projects in the ecosystem. And we're including a whole set of all the best one-on-one artists and all the not best one-on-one artists that, that, that aren't known about. And you know, you don't get that anywhere else. You can't go into Ethereum and be like, hey, Vitalik, like I meet you at Hacker House. I want to I want to work on a project with you. Here's my hopes. Here's my dreams. Your ecosystem's amazing. Like you can't do that anywhere else. So again, it's just, it's really nice to have accessibility with Solana. It's really nice to have access to these cheaper free tools. And I think everyone should be using them, you know? Yeah, can I just reply to Fast Easy before we carry on? Absolutely, I mean, uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's like my soul soulmate, um, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean, we 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 enter in a stage now of market maturity where you know there's going to be more people like us here on stage in the audience. You know, I mean, we've been around the block three times now. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I think if you look at the real world, you know, you see founders of founders of companies and entrepreneurs. You know the problem we've got we've had in the, the start of Web two, Web three is that devs have mainly been project founders, and in the real world they'd probably be building websites and databases for entrepreneurs rather than actually being the actual owners of a company and driving a company forward. And I think you know that's why I was talking to you earlier about like you know you know we've got the Bifrost Launchpad, and we've got um ex, you know we've got an accelerator beyond that, and we've got you know project accelerators, and I think these accelerators and actually open the door. Up for creatives and entrepreneurs to actually step into Web three and actually run run projects as a company rather than you know somebody who's like more tech, tech, technically minded you know who probably doesn't have the business acumen to be able to do it you know they can build but they don't actually have the business acumen the creativity to make to make a project sustainable and um, yeah so I mean it's not all doom and gloom I'm, I'm really hopeful to be fair as I say I'm just looking to see what what exposure I can get to it going forward because I mean you know we're gonna have whitelist meta have a resurgence. Um, I think definitely. I mean, if you know, Bifrost, if it takes, you know, I like what I'm doing now. They're like actually incubating projects and actually nurturing them. And I think we're going to see, you know, they have a couple of like um, winners there. And, and I think we're going to, you know, we're going to start seeing the resurgence in whitelist meta as well um, going forward as volume picks up. I'm, I'm so excited for Bifrost and just the way that they intend to do whatever their first launch is. I, I also am like, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm almost glad that they pushed that first bit off after doing some research because it just shows that they're like vetting stuff to another degree and yet they're not actively marketing the project they still make the project do some damn work which like that's great like that's what we see typically some of these accelerators are interesting who are going to be driving that marketing effort instead of the launch pad i think we start to see and i know running man we talked about it briefly 
But like, we got a bunch of hands. Definitely want to hit those. Wanted to actually pass it down to uh, ZK Shake. Had your hand up for a minute. ZK, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Easy? How you doing, brother? Um, all good here. I was just going to echo your thoughts and say, yeah, coming from a traditional finance background to uh, sell in May and go away is a real thing. I was in the office today. Usually there's like 20 people. I was the only one. So you're definitely seeing lighter volume days uh, that are in crazy volatility on, on the stock exchanges. And it's definitely echoed on uh, OpenSea Magic Eden. But I was, uh, since you made a comment about the OpenSea launchpad, I, I thought it was super interesting the more I look into this uh, NFT insider trading case. And for uh, anyone that doesn't know, uh, you could just Google it. The SEC uh, gave a little enforcement action or investigation to one OpenSea employee that was like front running uh, collections that were going to be featured on the main trading. So I would imagine that may or may not have something to do with the delay. I, uh, I would guess it is because they're probably, you know, really going over internal uh, procedures and kind of em employee standards. So I, I would say it's probably not a great look to launch a Solana launchpad right now for them. And uh, yeah, I, I also would say like there seems to be a lot of scrutiny on every single project now, which you don't see in a, you know, kind of inflated bull market. Like all this scrutiny is a really good sign, even from like I was in a space with Tom uh, from Tios and like, you know, he's kind of already established one of the best builders on Solana now. And uh, the tone in the spaces and the conversation was it's, it's healthy, but it's also, you know, it's like people are actually considering their investments. And during this, like whatever you want to call it, crypto winter. Uh, yeah, DGen meta seems to be waning, but it seems like, you know, during the bear market. People are really evaluating what they're holding in their wallets and really focusing on, on builders and kind of long-term value plays. And I think the next meta may involve the, the Solana phone, depending on the launch timing, because I think people every day are just starting to realize the, the applications. And frankly, I'm surprised, you know, it, knowing of it now, like, why wasn't this around you know, a year or two years ago? So I think it's a healthy sign of maturity, kind of like DeFi. You're seeing a lot of leverage, leave the system, kind of immature protocols get wiped out. So uh, I think it's a healthy growing pain for Solana right now, but uh, definitely excited to see kind of August, September, how, how it starts heating up again once uh, everyone gets back in the office. Like that return to volume and just people getting back in front of their computer, I think is going to help. And I think that's going to actually be a sign that we're in a healthy market, seeing that it trade along similar timelines as equities is, in my opinion, kind of bullish because that means that it is getting grouped into traditional like finance, which is never a bad thing. That's where the majority of the funds come into play. I also think you hit the nail on the head when you said people are trying to accumulate and actually vet some of this stuff now. People want to, when we say do your own research, I feel like people take that for granted in the bull and focus way more on it in the bear, probably because they have more free time and you're not focusing on like quick flips as aggressively. Soul's in the gutter at the moment, so you value it a lot more. There's a lot of things that play into that. So I'm definitely excited to see how some of the market matures. And I tweeted it today. Like I'm excited to see how these existing projects establish more revenue streams, whether it's a business to business model, a SaaS model, or just some other way to continue to drive funds outside of royalties. I think those are going to be the projects that tend to succeed here, but we still got a bunch of hands. I wanted to pass it over to Tom. Tom, what's going on? Hey, easy. Uh, I, you know, kind of to go along with your point, what Running Man would say earlier, uh, I've been kind of beating on this like a dead horse for about a month now, but I think seeing minimal viable products is something that to get that VC money, to get that, not just basing it off mint, having 
it'd be a little less than just speculation off of some sneak peeks and, you know, uh, a white paper or something like that, I think is something that I really want to see like driving forward, because I think that'll bring in a little bit more of that business from the outside. And it gives people a little bit more idea of like what they're, I don't want to necessarily say paying for, but investing in. And, you know, I've done apps, a couple different apps where we've created MVPs and they failed, you know, and that just helps, I think the entire market and it helps the creators kind of get to that next point of, well, that didn't work. And, and, you know, building forward before all the FUD comes in that, you know, they were a rug or it was a cash grab or, you know, whatever it may be. I think that would be a, a huge step forward. I, I like that idea a ton. And there are a few projects upcoming that have started to tease kind of some of that, that value add utility functionality of their tools. I think that's going to be more bullish. And I think it's almost going to become a requirement in the space to actually show like, what do you have or what is that immediate return when I'm in? Instead of all the speculation we have, I, well, what's tough is like, I, th I think to like a DGen town that was like, we're a free mint with no roadmap. And yet that also sets them up to just over deliver by doing literally anything. So I think we might see a, a balance there. If it's a true tool play, like a, a DCF or a super shadowy coders or something along those lines, it may just be a minimal viable product. I think we might start seeing more of these community and PFP plays focus on like no utility, whatever we deliver is what we deliver. But Siege, what's going on? Yo, yo. Um, I just, I live by a saying called comparisons to the thief of joy. And I think that in web three, it kind of translate, translates over to comparison as a thief of innovation. And I think that something that we've kind of not really seen is something outside the realms of a parallel between web two and web three. We always compare board apes was yesterday and everyone's comparing it to Fortnite lobbies. Um, that just kind of shows just a little part of what I think is, you know, going to cripple us for the next couple of years. Um, I don't think that there truly is anything innovative and it's just, you know, bootstrapping what we have on web two and in real life onto the internet essentially. So I think that like long-term though, I think that people are going to start seeing that there's not really going to be a meta and metas have been being cycled for the past month. Um, actually insanely fast. Uh, DGen was out super fast. The advertising meta was out super fast. I know we kind of touched on some of those, but I think that, you know, I agree with everyone in here that we're starting to mature a bit. And I also think that a lot more people are doing like what Running Man did and touch grass. Um, I think it's the perfect time to kind of reset for the people who've been locked in for a bunch of months. And, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes in the next few. I think you brought up a couple of good things there. I think you're playing right into the selling bay, go away. People are getting outside, going on vacations. Some of the other things that I guess I wanted to kind of touch on as well were when it comes to some of these projects and the metas moving fast, I still think to like web two and even pre web two when it was like trends, like you see trends from the nineties and two thousands coming back. And I think that's what we're going to start to see as soon as some of this stuff keeps cycling, it hasn't even been a full year yet. So I do think we, we dive back into some of these things like the stealth mint meta tried to make a, a return. I'm a, I'm an advocate for it. I love not sleeping for three days and getting time rugged by a project really keeps the blood flowing so for me like that's that's fun it's insane you're an absolute degenerate mode at that point but that was also last winter when people were all locked up inside and cooped up and waiting so like that's where i start to get a little bit interested is do we start to see metas during certain cycles where it's like in the winter when everyone's inside in front of their computer do we get a bunch of stealth mints and other stuff like that but i wanted to hit quickly benny what's going on and i'll pass the running man yeah i gotta say there's nothing like the brand meta right now that we're in uh, definitely didn't assist this bear market. But I was just going to touch on earlier, you were mentioning Bitfrost. 
I saw Chartfu reply to a tweet today with like fire emoji and then the hammer of Bitfrost, you know, like what block of Smith Labs. So I'm wondering if the, the reckless speculation that Magic Eden and Dumb are collabing or doing something is coming to light. It wouldn't be terribly surprising. Um, we did it. If you recall, too, we actually saw with, I think it was Yad Tigers, Magic Eden had a whitelist on their site where you would actually go to the Launchpad page and just like Mercury, register for your whitelist there. But we haven't seen that since. So that's something that I kind of kept a, kept a tab on because I was like, this is eerily similar to Mercury. Are they either trying to take some of that market share? Or to your point, Benny, I didn't even consider that. Is this now going to become more of like a, an integration and partnership? Which would be crazy for the Launchpad aspect because they do kick off so many projects on Magic Eden at the moment. And Bifrost claims to be the most efficient way for a project to make the peak amount of capital while keeping consumers happy by finding that happy median. So, I mean, I'm going to be keeping a close, close eye on these and whatever projects drop on Bifrost because I know my dumbass is going to buy the Pico top and then watch a ton of other people buy significantly cheaper than me and I'm going to publicly complain about it. It's just part of, the, part of the process. I'm totally okay with it. But I'm excited to see some of these new things and how the market reacts. Running Man, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to Bifrost, I just think we're going to see a lot more quality coming through Bifrost just, just with the relationship they've got with Fat Cat's Capital and the due diligence and the actual incubation of like ideas. You know, they've got 40 of them going through at the moment. And, and, and if they had a few home runs with those, then you're going to see a, you're going to see a surge. of anybody who's got a, an idea for Web3, it's going to be going through that incubation. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean, as I say, when we look at oh, it Meta, and you know, we're not really bothered what we're minting and what we're doing. I mean, it's a trading strategy. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, it's what we just ape, tripping apes. I'm not, I'm not looking to hold those projects. We're, we're engaging, I to try those you know <laughs> that's being sold <laughs> within 10 minutes of it is secondary you know what i mean but if i if, if, if i'm um if i'm locking up capital then i'm, I'm i want to see i want to see what what the revenue streams are what the ethos is what the team's like you know if i'm locking up capital that i, I could be used to like generate returns on trading then yet yeah, that, that's you know that's because at the end of the day you know as, as traders, we've got short. We've got you know we've got we've got live trading, short term, medium, and long term holds. And I think all those need to be treated very separately. With different, you know, psychologically very separately as well in on different timelines. I think a lot of people just merge all those four together in the same like pool. And I think it's a very you know once people start to like separate those, you know, you start to like you know that's how you start moving up higher bank rolls, and you can manage you know you can manage your portfolio. On a higher level, um, you know, we like, you know, we've getting too stung. I think you kind of hit something like nail on the head there when you're talking about that that use of capital and where you feel comfortable locking that up. I yeah. think a lot of it too, like, dude, you and me trade actively. It's something that we focus most of our time on. So I think that return on capital is probably one of the biggest things. Making sure and focusing on that piece where you understand what the potential return is goes a very, very long way. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what I agree on. I think that some of this vetting will help. I also think that like in the current market conditions, there's really two ways to focus on it. Compound sole and short increments and quick trades or focus on buying the dip on some of these projects that you believe are going to establish what you kind of talk to too, like more of this business perspective. Ex An exposure. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to talk about fat cats capital and exposure on to buy frost. I want as much exposure as I can get at the moment. Um, but, you know, just to get the alpha on what projects are coming through that launch pad, what's be what's being created, in, you know, in, in the infancy stage, 
all the way through because I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff come through there. But like, yeah, as, as you say, you know, we've got a lot, you know, we've got a lot of trading. If I'm locking up capital elsewhere, it's got to be returning me something. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm not doing it. It's not a charity. It's not not adopted dev day. You know what I mean? We just got to bring some back adopted in. Adopted dev day. Bro. You know what I'm like, saying, bro? That's such an issue right now, too. We see so many projects that are using these resources without a dev, and it's like, dude, what are you actually going to deliver in this case? You know, like, I'm I'm so curious to see how some of this stuff moves and matures from like a a product standpoint and i keep circling back on it i definitely want to touch on it what we feel about some like business to business models like what what blocksmith does with their whitelist service or yeah. you look at something like a bot heads that tries to now be like an all-in-one discord service there's I'll, a bunch I'll, of stuff that's interesting i'll just quickly touch on before the ends um, before we get to the ends and um, i mean you know we look at real web 2 and real world i mean if you look at Stepin and primate you know they entered it like they come from real world utility and then you know web 2 you know, with primates being, you know, with the Amazon, you know, linked to Amazon, and I think the market's just crying out for that. I mean, I do believe that, you know, the, you know, the NFT is merging NFT, you know, Web three technology, Web two, Web two uses, but then now we evolve it into Web three, and you know, it's an evolution, and I think the market's crying out for that, in my personal opinion. I think it's certainly on its way there. I think we still do have some way to go, but we got a bunch of hands. Let's see what's going on, Frisk. What's happening? Sorry, I don't want to change the topic if you want to, like, talk more about, like, business-to-business models. No, let it go. Let it fly. All right, cool. So um, I don't know if anyone just saw this or not, um, but you guys remember Copetown, that project that came out, like, a few weeks ago, and it was, like, the Goblin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they just made an announcement. I guess not just made this, but a few hours ago. But they said, since the launch of our community, uh, it's been growing strong, and we have elected the decision to be an only Twitter community and focus solely on the meme culture. And with this, we are deleting our Discord. They have decided to, they said they know that the bear market is tough and that they want to create a fun community and provide chances to win money. And so they're going to be creating games uh, which involve burning your Copetown by sending it to an, ad- an address. And in return, you can get back uh, another Copetown bearing gifts or bearing NFTs. Um, there's so much to unpack here. I don't even know where to begin. So I figured I would just say that. But like, just, I'm just going to remind two things. One, they collected about 14,000 soul. Um, and two, I don't know what else they've done besides like... Couldn't they have years, years, like a hundred of that soul to hire a Discord manager for like the fucking year? They did have a Discord manager. I'm not going to name drop them, but they did have a Discord manager. Uh, Imagine getting laid off by logging into Discord and the server that you manage is just deleted. <laughs> Like, that's that's so crazy. Bro, come on. Like, wake up, crack your knuckles. I'm so excited to start the day. Hop on. Server can't be found. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, what happened here? Uh, <laughs> that's a crazy announcement, bro. And the other thing, Frisk, that I think you might not have even touched on, I saw that announcement a little bit earlier where they mentioned that they had two different options. They were going to do, like, some game or something. But then the other thing that they were doing was you could that, that bearing the gift thing. So you could just send it to a burn address and receive potentially a gift back, which looks like they just pulled the idea out of DGen Town's book. But like, this feels way sketchier because like at least DGen Town was off the bat, no Discord, nothing. This this project's like, all right, so we just deleted our Discord. Now, if you want to send us back our NFTs, we might give you something back, maybe. So <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. This just makes me more and more uncomfortable as I kind of break it down. We got a couple of hands up, so I wanted to pass it to Siege. He's had his hand up, then we'll hit Tom and ZK. Siege, what's going on? Yo, I, I was going to talk about some other shit, but I kind of want to talk about this now because this is kind of fucking sick. Let's dive into it. We're going, we're, we're going back into the fucking Stone Age. You know, we just spent, you know, basically a whole cycle 
on staking. And now this is just essentially staking, but only putting it in the hands of the person who made the project. I think that's just fucking insane. Um, I think that like the idea could play out if it was like how DJ town's been doing it. But I mean, you already took like 14 K Solana, you know, like, yo, what's oh. up with that DJ town project? Is it, does magic Eden own that project? Or, or is that like, Bro, a no one's fully sure what the relationship is. We've talked about it for a few days and like highlighted exactly that. Like magic Eden had one hell of a time pushing that marketing. Which, so now I'm like, what are you guys getting from this? And I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask too. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not either. Like, like, listen, these guys got to make money. The project seems decent, but it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, like uh, when, when this topic first started coming up of like, is it wrong that Magic Eat is doing this? And like when they put that like great goats in the fucking picture with okay bears and D gods and shit, that's when I was like, whoa, hold your fucking horses, buddy. Like, you know? Well, aren't they supposed to be making an RPG? Like, There's like a bunch of rumors, bro. But they easy, won't easy. The, the, the NFTs, my, like a five-year-old kid could have created on paint. You know what I mean? And I'm on about building a game. Like, I mean, like literally, build, like draw some decent NFTs. Bro, <laughs> you know bro, I mean? you can you fund it all you want. You can fund it all you want. <laughs> I wasn't a buyer under five soul. The art was terrible. But the second those things hit six soul. This art yeah, is that phenomenal. Looks a lot better. <laughs> These things look great. Like I'm an adamant fan. When I sold them at 15, I was even more excited about how good the art was, and so excited for the buyer to get some quality art. Uh, for yeah, the I mean the art gets so much better as the floor price goes up, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the higher it goes, the better they look. I think that's the uh, that's the perfect formula. Here. So this, shout this, out the artist. This shit needs to get to 400 for me to appreciate this. I'm telling you, it needs to get to at least 500. At if least. they keep burning them, bro, they, they might. <laughs> You might have one left at a 400 floor. Fuck it at that point. But real quick, Tom, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, just to come to your point here about the the marketing from Magic Eden, you know, it's something that I've seen. I'm super bullish on Fractal as a business. Um, you know, the YouTube, they have YouTube ads that are coming out before videos that are, are legitimate ads. You know, I think the Instagram stuff we see, the YouTube stuff we see to a point, you know, it, people kind of look at it as like scammy and influencers pumping their bags. But I mean, our, our number one marketing right now is is paying, you know, an influencer for a tweet um, pretty much. And I think once that evolves right now, maybe we'll see a little bit more businesses come in. But I'm definitely bullish on the ones that are, are ahead of the game, in my opinion, with with true marketing, not not what we know is marketing. And it kind of all looks falls into that NFTs or scams thing to people who may not do this every day. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that hopefully we start seeing soon here. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think we can all agree. Like at the end of the day, the marketing, advertising, tweets, promos, et cetera, it's just like web two marketing efforts. It's a billboard at the end of the day. It's what most people see, what most people interact with a high following leads to a high view count, which in turn can lead to a conversion rate. So like from a, from a layman's terms, it's just, you're basically paying because you know, that person gets as many eyes on them as possible which in turn should hopefully mature as well. And we should potentially get a little bit better response to some of that and not be only focused on like, oh, this person tweeted it. It's going to bang. Like no matter what, this thing's going to fly. That for me is where I think like we still need to get a little bit more progress towards to figure out what the best effort is. I think there's a ton of great projects now that are marketing themselves that are doing a great job and getting a ton of that traction. But yeah, and easy. Oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead fast. I'm just saying real quick, I, I come from like like that actual background. My professional background is is utilizing influencers and utilizing social media to produce results for tech companies. So like I did that successfully with Lyft in, in 2015 and 16, and it went really well, right? So I, I had every person in the planet post. But you'd be surprised in the different 
between some of these people that have 10 million followers and only generated 100 new users when people that have 50,000 followers could generate 5,000. So it's, it's really interesting. And I just wanted to share that with all the people in, in the crowd, whether you're familiar with this or not. But don't look at these follower counts and think that, that that's what's going to make the difference. Because, I mean, I can blast the Twitter to 50K tomorrow. I've been on crypto Twitter for five months and I have 10K real followers. I like, you, you can do this shit. Right. But for the most part, it's fucking optics. And you have to really know the difference between optics and, and between a truly engaged person on here. But like I, I would pay fucking Frank or, or or like any of these other people to fucking tweet before I would somebody with 10 million followers like a Kardashian. You know what I mean? Because who it's the, the fuck engagement. wants it's the audience? Yeah. And who wants their opinion on things anyway? Like that's why Chris Brown's mint fail. He used no tech. He used no nothing. And, and he just tried to sell it based on his followers. He didn't educate his community at all. He didn't use any of the tools or resources that are there for him. And, and that's just what's going to happen when that happens. You know what I mean? So uh, I just want to throw that out there. The whole influencer thing is, is just really like, if you guys have questions about it for real, like kick me a DM. Like if you have a question, I can look at, I have a software that I pay for that. It's a couple grand a month. I can tell exactly how many followers are fake, exactly how many came from contests, exactly who came from what. And, and all that data is easy. I, I pull up some of these motherfuckers from like, Twitter spaces and shit, and I just laugh. I'm like, wow, dude, that guy's got 800 real followers. I'm like, holy shit. And that goes for projects, too. So I just want to make sure people out there know. The project ones become pretty clear. Oh, my God. It's so bad, bro. Bro, when you look at a project and that shit's got 300,000 followers and they get 14 likes and 11 11 retweets on like a giveaway post you're like oh you know something about this probably isn't too accurate they could be so much more creative they could just take it to like 10k and then get like two or three thousand real followers and then like just kind of like like merge it into real instead they just go for the extreme and like i think we're getting a little bit smarter and i think that uh i don't know it's important to share that because the whole influencer thing is just fucking retarded at this point, you know, for I lack of a better term. I think we're going to see a ton of it, bro. Like that, at the, yeah. At the, in every industry, every space, you've got like of coming course. from that vertical, you've got to be familiar with just like, especially first movers in the space and people who aren't familiar with like who's actually plugged in. They're way more comfortable just paying a high follower account, hoping for some engagement. I mean, dude, I've, I built a whole influencer and uh, CPA program for Fashion Nova, which is the most successful one in the world ever in the history of, of influencer marketing. And like the way that, that the way that, that fashion overpays people now, because we have so much fucking data, like these Instagram girls will come up with like a million followers and be like, yeah, we want like 5k a post. We're like, yeah, we'll give you 200 bucks. Cause you got like 800 real followers and they'll all take the fucking deal. And then they'll all post it as if they're making millions. And then, you know, I, I just don't, I just, I think that that shit's toxic. And so the more people that know about it, the more that I talk about it, I just think it's important to bring up here. And um, I'm going to go surfing now because it's time to touch grass, so touch water. So I just hey, enjoy to talk, my thanks. friend. Yeah, Thanks thank you, everyone, up. for having me up here. You guys are always welcome on my spaces, and I'll be back to yours for sure. You're a fucking awesome host, Easy. I'm a I appreciate big fan. you, bro. Bro, your energy is awesome, you. bro. Like, like you are fucking well-spoken, <laughs> professional. Everyone in here is fucking dope. No one's rude or talking shit on other projects for no reason. Like, this is fucking awesome. So thank you for having me, and everyone have a lovely evening. I'll be back in a couple hours after I catch some waves. Hey, enjoy. You as well. Enjoy it. Appreciate you pulling up. You're welcome anytime. we got a ton of hands up, so I want to hit some of these. Siege, what's going on? I think we may have stopped you there, and then we'll hit uh, LTR, Shake, and Scozy. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, just kind of talking about, you know, all this influencer stuff, all this. I mean, I think that Spaces is also another, like, critical point on that. Um, I'm not, I'm just prefacing this with not trying to talk shit at all. But when Cubis started, you guys were, like, some of the influencers were surprised that what they were saying it wasn't the actual outcome of the market. And I know we've talked about that in past spaces as well, um, where you know there's a lot more people that are looking at 
projects than we're even aware of, right? But I think that it's very easy to fall into, you know, the the echo chamber that, you know, is it's, I mean, Twitter is made to be an echo chamber, right? The people you follow are the people that you see and the people that you surround yourself are the people that, you know, you're always going to see. And if you surround yourself with that, you know, the negative, um, I know Fast just said it at the end, like in the energy and how, you know, we're all actually trying to challenge things. Um, you know, I think it's really cool to see that um, we are able to, you know, at least somewhat have, you know, differing opinions and, and that we're, you know, getting smarter and we're able to see uh, the bullshit and see even that in numbers as well outside of just how people act and are intended. No, and I think, uh, I think a lot of people are starting to catch on to that a little bit more here when it comes to some of these projects, what they talk about, even like the people that they use for some of that promotion. So I, I do think as the market matures, you will start to see more hesitation on a lot of that. But Shake, what's going on? Sharks, UK Shark, my fault. UK, what's going on? And then we'll hit Scozy and LTR. All good, man. I was just going to say, I, I was kind of curious your thoughts, but I, I think it's a little irresponsible of Magic Eden to really like aggressively market collections. And obviously their incentive is to drive, uh, you know, uh, secondary trading because they get paid off the volume. But it just seems like sketchy that, you know, I don't really, it, it does set up really good trading, I think, because obviously if Magic Eden makes it their PFP or change their banner, like, it's just going to drive buyers. There's not going to be too many natural sellers in that situation. But Magic Eden, I think, uh, you know, it's an easy target. But to so take it with a grain of salt. But I think they really use the decentralized term, like, when it benefits them. But it seems to me like they're going more and more away from that, especially with the aggregation aggregator change recently. But, yeah, I'm weary of any project really Magic Eden gets behind. Like, just think about Great Goats, for an example. Like, if you bought that when they made it their PFP, you're, you're down a significant amount. So, yeah, I, I think it's like a pretty dangerous road to go down to when they start kind of co-signing projects, especially with this. Like no one really knows the outcome or real details around uh, DGen Town, or at least I don't. So I, I'm just wondering how this ends up, you know, in a positive situation, because, you know, there will be the day when there's a mint next week at Magic Eden changes the PFP or, you know, changes their marketing emphasis on another collection. And it just kind of gets less in the dust. So I think it creates good trades, but it's a little dangerous uh, route for Magic Eden to go down. I think we don't see a lot of that on the ETH side, which I always think about. Like, in comparatively, ETH has that first mover's advantage, regardless of how we feel about comparing stuff to ETH on Soul. There's always going to be some of that that cross comparison. So we don't typically see a lot of that marketing effort, and it may just be because OpenSea is bad at 99% of what they do. Whereas Magic Eden has done a lot for consumers and traders to update a lot of what they're doing. I do agree. For me, it's always a worry when they push marketing so heavily. Because that marketing is building a sense of trust and faith in something. Like I remember how bad it was post Balloonsville. And then ultimately like the D-Rug and everything else that happened from Magic Eden left a massive sour taste in my mouth. Just the way that things happened with it. I think part of that was also losing like 20 grand on the trade. That never feels great. Uh, but when you actually start to look at some of the marketing stuff too, like for new traders that come into the space and you see the marketplace pushing a project so heavily, you're going to be more bullish just because of the fact that it's that marketplace. And that's the, the most used and heard, talked about thing. That's kind I'll, of like the core of it. I wasn't involved on this one, easy, right? but I've got the impression, could anybody actually mint DJ in town when it actually dropped? Dude, it got absolutely eaten alive by it, bots. Bots. Well, basically, I mean, you know, it could have well, well been inside. What did it drop on secondary after, after mint? 
Well, it, was, uh, was it, like, it fluctuated between six and then yeah. four, so six See, to four range. Exactly, you know what I mean. Off, basically, the move's already, you know, it's already moved a fair, a fair deal there. Like, you know, you know, it, it always, it always just strikes me as there's some inside. You know, it's, it's like you know, there's insider stuff going on there when it land, when it lands like that. Yeah, that one's tough because, like, obviously their team is going to be aware of when it drops. It's dropping as a stealth mint on their launch pad, and that's the other thing, like. With we a lot of I think the the issue with that project a lot of it too is just like there was so much uncertainty and all we got was marketing from the project page in the marketplace. A lot of people, myself included, also were under the belief that it was going to be cheaper than three soul, which just felt expensive as hell for what was like a degen mint. I mean, like I said, I traded it now. We've seen the price action. They've done a great job keeping like this speculative idea and kind of what ifs scenarios going on where we're seeing that floor price reflect positively. It's got a as high as a 5x up to 15 soul pulling back now now that they're continuing that so i'm gonna keep an eye on it but i'm not the biggest fan of like getting a project marketed to hell from a marketplace that's the primary kind of leader there yeah. i mean you say 5x but i mean it's two it's pretty, pretty much just over a 2x from mint um because that's probably where most people would have got it and maybe maybe a 3x if you got it at bottom at the four like the I mean, really. I mean, and that's actually like best case scenario on all fronts. Like, you know, just, just, leave, just I don't know. Something just doesn't ring right. So, you know, we mean sort that. Um, you know, strip my opinion. No, I'm, I'm definitely getting what you're saying on it. We'll see kind of what happens moving forward. They did put out a statement saying that they were uh, not going to be doing that again from like a stealth mint standpoint. I believe is that that response. But we'll see what happens longer term. I wanted to pass it down to Scozy. Scozy, what's going on? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hey, I can circle so back to you. You good? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. So. I, uh, I, I actually, he's not even here anymore. I'm glad he's surfing, having a good time. I just uh, wanted to say I was really excited to uh, from here to hear from Edward. Man, I, I heard his story recently, and I'm excited for people like him in the space. Sounds like he had a good thing going in ETH, and excited to hear from somebody who uh, is super bullish on um, on Solana and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, great I got guy. A lot going on right it's now. It's all good, bro. It's all good. That's yeah. nah, all good. Appreciate it. He's a great dude. I, I definitely like what he's been building and what he's been working on. So excited to kind of see where he gets to. I want to pass over to Siege. Siege, what's going on? Yeah, I actually, well, LTR has had his hand raised for a fat minute. So I'd say go to him first. LTR, what's happening? I was just going to add on to like the whole magic eden promoting degen town and that really surprised me because i think as solana grows and as more traders come magic eden really needs to just be more professional in a way like as much as i love their twitter banner and it's hilarious and stuff as a new person coming into the space and you see that and you just see these projects getting promoted by the premier trading platform i just don't think that bodes well um because like uh, i just try and think of that on the east side like imagine if OpenSea just like absolutely pumped the crap out of some project on their platform i just don't think that would go down well so i just think magic Eden needs to like mature in a way a little bit yeah i think the space has been extremely vocal about how they perceive that and responded to that mint so i we'll see what happens longer term i'm definitely going to be keeping tabs and watching kind of how they move forward especially after making comments like we're not going to be doing a stealth mint again but it also seemed like they didn't address some of that marketing Part of it, too, is like these launch pads have a budget to market for these projects. So until some of that changes across the board, I don't think there's going to be a massive change up by their side from the marketing effort. 
But I want to hit a couple of these other hands here. Sweeper, then we'll hit Shill and Villain. Sweeper, what's going on? Yeah, I think first off, I know, like, you know, D-Gen Town, it kind of it looks sauce and it's a D-Gen Mint. But, like, it's really easy to say. I mean, they they are 3X Mint, right? They minted for 3 and now it's 9.5. We all think it's probably going to go much lower. But, you know, as of right now, we can't. I don't think it, very few people have lost money from Mint unless they just sold at 3.1. So I think, you know, that's the pushback we'll get from Magic Eden. But, you know, I've, as long as they're above Mint, there's not much we can do about it, you know? I mean, let's say no more Stealth Mints from Magic Eden with a, their team I know. And, you know, I would have loved to have been at home in my in my laptop with my bot ready to go and, you know, minted like 100. That would have been great. But, I mean, they're above Mint, so you can't – it's kind of hard to uh, – I thought these were going to go to zero, to be honest. I thought they were going to be like kind of, you know, what's his name? Ramo is not even the owner of the project, so he's an advisor. It's really easy to wash your hands when you're an advisor and move on to the next project. So I think we got to be a little bit fairer with Magic Eden on this. And that's coming from me. And I, you know, I'm like anti launchpad. I think they just need to take the launchpad, put it on a different URL, and take it completely away from. Uh, the marketplace but i think we got to call a spade a spade i mean it's three extra mint you can't um you can't hate too much right nah, man i even said it earlier <clears throat> i don't think you're on when we were talking about it but like i said as this thing got over six soul it started to look better over 10 soul it looks absolutely gorgeous and i know as soon as it breaks 20 soul it's going to be the best nft i've ever seen but uh i think that's just how some of these things move chillin villain what's going on what are your thoughts yeah, I think people are sounding a little bit crazy. We got our first win in the market, and they want to steer away from it. Come on. I want every mint to be a win. And these mints aren't even selling out, and we're, like, bashing the one mint that does sell out. Every mint should be like this. I do think, like, there's always room for improvement. But, like, we just saw, the like, a super hype mint that wasn't stealth. It sold, like, 10% of their NFTs yesterday. So if it's if, it, if you were to ask me, I'd want every mint to mint out just exactly how DGen Town went because there's obviously a market demand for that. And that's what we should be filling demands and not like what we think is right or wrong. Yeah. If there's ways to drive that liquidity back into the market and keep movement going, I'm sold on it. I won't complain, especially if there's volume. I was pissed at first, but happy to kind of make that trade following it. What do you mean? Do you have something there before we just yeah, pass over to Mark? I was just going to say, I mean, my, my concern is just that it got cooked. And I, I mean, didn't he dropped on at six? Which you know, I know a lot. You know, I, I didn't mean. You know, I wasn't online at the time, but I know a lot of people who tried to mint that who just didn't like. So basically, and given the supply landed in the hands of like uh, either people with really strong bots or people who you know had some sort of access over another way. Um, so when you, you know you look at it at nine, you know, and it landed on secondary at six, or I pulled back to about four or five. But I mean, it, and then you take away the royalties. It's not the greatest trade in the world for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with some of it. Can also argue with some of it. Like even getting in at six, like I said, I was very content picking up a, a handful of those and getting yeah. out. But I think I think some of it too is tough, especially looking at the people who were excited didn't burn it. Um, but part of this comes down to what the project I guess promised. Like I I hope we get more of these projects who are like we're just gonna try some shit. We don't know what's gonna work. Let's see what hits, you know? And that's almost where, like, that lack of commitment, uh, I guess from a roadmap standpoint, can be seen beneficial, especially if you give, like, a quick win right away, which is what we saw with DGen Town. I wanted to pass it down to Monk. Monk, what's going on? 
Yeah, what's up? Is, is this working? This is my first time speaking in space. Yes, sir. You're good. Yes, sir. Okay, nice. So um, this is basically to add on to that surfer guy who was talking about social sentiment and how new projects were approaching it. I'm actually starting to see if, if there could be a trend where projects would analyze the Hello Moon data to see which um, uh, wallet would create the highest flow movements and then started paying those wallets to create the social sentiment. And um, I read a tweet earlier today saying that um, projects minting in the last month, 30% of them have been a rock and 50% of them have gone under mint. So I'm hoping to see like if this project can utilize the Hello Moon thing to actually start creating some movements. That's a wicked interesting statistic from like the 30% have rugged. I would have assumed that number to be a little bit higher. 50% have gone under mint. I think that's surprising because then you also have that, what, 20% that are remaining that have gone over mint. The two out of every 10 are still a hit in the bear. I mean, looking glass half full here. But the other thing that you bring up is with some of that, it's like, it's just kind of tough too. Cause I mean the hello moon data doesn't always give the best response for like what people are talking about. Like inspect has recently launched a what's minting uh, data point that shows what people and faces of these different blockchains are talking about from a mint perspective. And I think some of that could be an interesting marketing play where projects do try to reward the people that are getting them the most reach. Combining that with hello moon market data could also play into it. But I know we've heard sweeper and shill and villain talk about it a ton like delaying a mint right now may not be the worst decision, but the my other concern on that is like now we're starting to sideline all of these mints and it just seems like liquidity is just sitting on the sideline. Like people are still eager to buy things. That's clear. We do still see spikes when mints happen and things kick off. So it, it's going to be tough to find that happy medium. I like the idea of using some of that data to reward those people that get that wider reach, but it's going to be interesting to see how they can actually make that come to come to fruition. Let's pass it quick to Siege. I know that I kind of cut him off previously and then pass over to Poppy. Yeah, all good. Uh, this is going to be my last thing. I'm going to hop off. But I talked about it with Alex before. Um, but I think that botting saves projects. And I think that in – and it's a hot take. But I think that in this market especially, we see, you know, a link that's Magic Eden slash Launchpad slash Town. If they wanted to make it any um, – you know, any harder to bot, they would have obfuscated the link and put that out. But there were so many bots and so many people that I even know that were just monitoring that link for it to come on. Um, and it was exactly that link. And they got way less than they wanted to bot because they thought it was going to be, you know, 0 0.06 or, you know, 0.1 or something like that. And it was three. But when I, I was looking at that link too, and it almost instantly had, you know, an absurd amount of people, um, what's it called, minted. And so that just kind of shows that there were people monitoring that exact link rather than the Twitter itself. Well, if you were here um, back in uh, like October, November, bro, people would sit on these like candy machine scraping websites. And if they thought that the right one got uploaded, they would just start minting from it. Like I have an entire wallet from back in like the early botting days. That's just straight honey pots, like just all these NFTs that are not official collection. So like even knowing the link beforehand, some of that gets bypassed anyway. And it, it, that's kind of the tough part is like, no matter what you do at this point, unless you go through a launch pad that has a set release time, people are going to be tracking, trying to get that edge. Well, yeah, and I agree. But when you, that's, that's different when it's a launch my NFT project and you know, it's a random, you know, duppy ogre gang versus having magic Eden, you know, shilling the project and, you know, not actually saying anywhere in the tweet like that it's actually DGen town, but 
you know, everyone knew it was DGen Town, that it was pretty easy to put those two together. Um, and I mean, I could, I don't want to say it's on purpose, but I also think that having that spike in volume and having everyone see, oh, I wasn't actually able to mint it and everyone's been talking about it for weeks, you know, that was definitely some contributing factor. I think, I think it's actually like, terrible <laughs> for the space yeah, botting i mean it, like if you look at you know it's, it's like it's like the top one percent get access to the to, to the basically the move and then like you know it's, you know it's a game of hot potato we're probably the most the newest and you know most vulnerable by the mention the space just i'm just going to get wrecked <laughs> and then probably leave probably leave like i mean i like to see unique older older percentage i i like to see them um, I like to see you means They're distributed bad, even. Yeah. The, the unique <laughs> well, holder count's I, bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. No, I think that for short term botting is terrible. But, or I'm, let me rephrase. I think short term botting is was good for you know Dgen Town and for some of these other projects. Yeah. But well, I think so, long term, obviously, it's not. Yeah. But it, if, if, if that's it's, not if, any different. If a project wants to survive, then they've got to come with, you know, going forward as the market matures, they've got to come with a roadmap. They've got to come with the details. They've got to come with a good concept. And then the, the, the utility on that will dictate the price. Um, artificially manipulating it by putting it in the hands of bots is saving that project, but really it's just wrecking, wrecking buyers, basically. I mean, um, you know, it's up to the projects to actually bring it, if in my opinion. Yeah, it wrecks it wrecks buyers for one. That's true, but it also allows for like the people that get a lot of them to offload them to people that actually want them. And we saw that with OK Bears in the price action, right? Yeah, someone fucking hit 160, yeah. botted. Well, I mean, if, I they, if they if they want to sell out a project, but, then they got they got to start bringing a real project. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, OK Bears was, but yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, when we talk about, I mean, talking about the projects I'm launching at the moment. I mean, easy. You said like. You know, it's quiet at the moment. Nobody's launching a project, but really, there's no competition out there. You know, if you had a good concept and a good project, it would be the right time. We, you know, with no competition in the market, that you could probably get a mint through and actually get some traction. But um, the, the the quality of projects is just terrible. Launch at the moment. I mean, it's just like it's just terrible in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that yeah. plays into some of this lack of volume. We just haven't had anything that's new. Like, there's nothing that has me, like, terribly excited looking at, I guess you could call it utility or functionality. But we got a bunch of hands that I definitely want to hit. We got about 20 minutes yeah, left real, here. Real quick, I'm just going to hop off. Uh, it was great having uh, me up here. Oh, good, Thank Siege. You. Always welcome. Poppy, what's going on? Great to have you. Appreciate all you do for the space. Excited to kind of hear your opinion on it all. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to jump in. Uh, I just wanted to say, really touching on that last point you made easy about, there's nothing in the space that gets you excited. I think that's the exact thing that DGen Town is leveraging. Uh, there's not a lot of novelty right now, and they're providing that novelty. It's, it's a whole unique sort of roadmap that we're not really familiar with, that we don't know where it's headed. And so that sort of opportunity for the unknown that is unlike what else is out there, to me, is what's creating the excitement now obviously for bad actors that's also an easy way to create a predatory scenario but i don't think so far we've seen any red flags that lend towards that and it's good to see you know ramo active and out and advising on that so i feel really good about where it's going to go but i think it's hard to discount the novelty of it and i think that projects across the board no matter if you're really focused just on community utility whatever it might be that there's something to sort of learn from that experience I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about taking that novelty. And it's almost like this like boredom that's setting in for some people. So anything new is exciting. We saw this similar success from this like no roadmap. 
we started to see glimpses of it from Degen Town playing like a crackling fire for like their sacrifice gif uh, in a Twitter space, which on the ETH side, we've seen so much of from a Goblin Town in Wag Die, which was like another burn ritual style project that got this massive floor pump. My only concern, though, is as those versions and iterations of this rose so quickly and got to this massive floor price, they fell just as hard and are now down to 0.3, 0.2 on, on that side after a 2, 3 ETH floor. So my concern is like now that this burn has happened, if whatever gets delivered on this DGen town doesn't like wow and excite people anymore, that that same speed of traction wears off just as fast, if not faster. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the eye pumps the price, but the price will always find its value based on returns and utility, in my opinion. I keep talking about utility, utility, but I mean, you know, it's, it is right. You know, we're not going to lock up capital just to just to stare at something. You know what I mean? Um, it, 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 that, that, that's basically what it comes down to. If, if, if it's not deriving any type of return or any type of value, it's just going to get dumped, in my opinion. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing, though, is on the opposite side of that, if whatever got burned, they return a better asset that has a higher floor price, they're going to look like geniuses, and this thing then pumps even higher. you know. And if they make their value in the ones that weren't burned, it's a, it, there's just a lot of cool game theory with the project, and I, I use that word a lot now because that's exactly what it is. There's almost a sense of gamification on do I burn it, do I keep it, and these kind of like tree branches of where this could spawn into and sprawl out to from like a decision-making standpoint. And there's almost like a story and a lore that's fun for holders of that. Yeah, you've almost created like two factions within the project. I mean, my, my brain goes towards how can you utilize now these two existing groups to work against one another towards an objective or with one another towards some sort of common objective. I mean, it, it could really go anywhere. Obviously, you know, to running's point, it could go nowhere. <laughs> and it, it could be that they don't deliver anything. But for now... I'm, I'm enjoying watching that. I mean, it, it seems fun. I, there's a lot of good opportunity that hopefully the team will leverage. And so far, I think they've been doing an okay job, and I hope that they'll keep the game going. And it looks like they're doing everything right at the moment. I know everyone's kind of eagerly waiting to see if they bring volume in with the second iteration and generation. And I, I'm sure as hell excited to trade it because I know volume's going to flow. So that's, that's great for the ecosystem itself because money's moving, money's shaking, money's active. But Shark, what's going on? And then we'll hit Sweeper and running again. No, I was just going to say, it sounds like you're building the house easy with all the nails being hit. But uh, I was just going to say, I also disagree with Alex respectfully. I think any collection would sell out with a couple of tweets from Magic Eden. I, I'm happy to see Solana projects do well, but I want to see it done in like an organic fashion, uh, organic fashion versus just, you know, pumping from uh, people that have no information on the project. And also, I would say easy. It's kind of uh, showing me you're, you're almost like a bottom signal as far as a lack of primary issuance or interest in primary issuance and in, in mints and IPOs is a very strong sign of a, a bottom. I'm not saying we're there yet because, uh, you know, like if you remember OGs back in 2017, 2018, once a CNBC gets rid of the, the Bitcoin ticker on the uh, homepage every day, I think that's when it'll be closer. But I, I would just say like... Uh, back to the maturity talk of Solana. If you think about what's going on right now, it's it's not really investing or trading. It's more just gambling. And when, you know, a project could get away with minting successfully with no information out about the founders, no roadmap, no use of proceeds or any idea about a community or, or artist, like let's just call a spade a spade. It, it's gambling, which, you know, NFT trading is not far above that. But at the end, like, 
you know, I, I would just say like this is speculation very heavily still. Yeah, people can make money. It's above mint. Everyone's happy. But like, I think we've all seen how this movie ends. You know, DJ DJ Town, I'm not saying uh, it goes down or anything like that. I don't have any information on that. But I would just say like it's kind of taken a step back, in my opinion, when you just are kind of encouraging gambling versus investing. I agree to an extent. I do think you have to consider, though, like if DGen Town does release something here that is a tool or some actual like utility to holders that gets a kickback, then it's almost tough to say because they've now over delivered any expectation. I think it's so subjective and kind of project by project. But I, I do agree with some of this. Like it's barely above gambling, it feels like, especially with all these launch my NFTs and other stuff that so many people are like myself included sometimes just buy a hundred of to see if I hit a scratch off ticket winner. Sweeper, what's going on? Yeah, I think um, we may have talked this topic to death. Um, I've been, uh, you know, very, very vocal about my criticism of the launchpad. I was curious if anyone wants to talk about these NFT coins. Um, I'm looking at uh, some of them. I think you might have some decent returns in Dust and a few others. And I think um, with uh, Frank just wanting to push this out further and further, I think I might have to put in a big, uh, big buy order at like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 dust to USDC. I don't think it's a bad idea. The longer that gets pushed out, the, the higher and more likely some of these DAOs are going to be buying to add to that whitelist allocation. But I did want to hit a couple of these hands first, and I'm happy to dive into the dust, scrap, graphite conversation. Shillin, what's going on? And then we'll hit Running Man and Bryce. Yeah. So getting back to ZK Shark, like he always brings a good opinion, but. I think Magic Eden shills every single launchpad mint. Maybe they shilled it more tweets. Like I'm kind of confused. And like, if you look at their launchpad right now, you'll see like their spook one and it's being like, they recently just tweeted out and they can't sell it out. I think what sold that out was a Rama was attached to it and B there was like a mysteriousness to it. And I think there's like kind of a demand for both of those things is like a, a face and then B a mysteriousness. Yeah, I think that that allure and that uncertainty is one of the bigger things that drives interest because people don't know what to expect. They don't know if they're going to get something that's crazy or if it's going to be a massive disappointment. And that that's a catalyst in itself. But Running Man, what's happening? Well, unless they've actually, like, you know, this is the biggest level ever. I mean, if you just look at the NFT quality on DJ and Tan, I wouldn't expect anything um, too, too, too hard, to be fair, pal. Um, unless, unless they've actually done that, that shit on purpose. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, somebody's talked about DJ and Tan, and, and I don't know how frisks here. Um, I'm going to say Liberty Square pointing at 0.68, I mean, at 0.68 flips DJ and Tan in the future, in my opinion. Um, I'll make that prediction now. Um, That's a damn I'll, claim, and I love it. Now I'm going to stand on it now. Now I'm going to replay this, right? Liberty Square flips DJ and Tan at some point in the future. So let me double down on it one yeah. time for the one time. <laughs> Liberty Square flips. Um, yeah, art's different. You know, you look at the art on that, it's different level. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe put like just the old, you know, if we're going we to learn a lot about market maturity by um, our Liberty Square does going forward. Um, I also like, I mean, another one, Out Paradise. Is another one that's merging Web two and Web three. What we've been talking about, art on that is on point to the max as well. Um, liking that one um, as well. And I think those two projects, you know, merging the Web two, you know, you know, coming in with, with some real utility. Um, we're going we're gonna to learn a lot about the market by how they do, in my opinion. We got a, an interesting couple of weeks here. I do wish that Duppies was dropping in July still, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. 
We got about 10 minutes left here, so I want to hit a couple of these hands quickly. Poppy, what's going on? Or, sorry, my apologies. Bryce first, and then we'll go down to Poppy. What's going on? Uh, sorry, Poppy. Um, I just wanted to comment real quick. Uh, the, the one use case that crypto has proven time and again is that it's a gamble. It's not investing. It's gambling with a ledger. Uh, you can spin it with NFTs and tokens and everything else, but um, it, it's gambling. It's hopefully if you're doing it well, you can you can definitely kind of mitigate your risks and, and think that you're being an investor. But, you know, people that were investing in Luna uh, thought that it was a, the greatest fucking Ponzi ever. But at the end of the day, um, my takeaway is that the one thing that we've done with crypto has been to decentralize gambling across the globe. Um, secondly, I think Magic Eden has an interesting platform with their what they're doing with the launchpad and stuff and um, saying that you need to hold them to a higher standard like OpenSea, uh, where they're not advertising projects. I mean, I think you're kind of splitting hairs. OpenSea is always advertising featured collections, artists, upcoming launches on their homepage. Like, sure, maybe they're not doing it as actively on Twitter, but um, if you have a problem with it, don't support it like we as a as a community need to do our part to to show the change like there's plenty of people that didn't want to mint dgen town because it was three soul um that ultimately couldn't mint it but ended up buying it at four and five and giving these people that were were botting it their exit liquidity so um i mean if you want to if you want to be on that high horse do it and fade it all the way through don't don't change your mind once the floor price goes up no, nah, you're right. And I was one of those people that uh, I know I'm not going to change on that regard. Like, I love to trade. So sadly, I'm, uh, I'm going to FUD and I'm still going to trade. It's part of who I am. But I think you're right. Like, you could obviously go and support elsewhere. I do, like, call me biased, but I am hopeful and believe that Magic Eden listens to all of these spaces and the people who are active in the space and understands where they're coming from and open to kind of adapting. At the same time, too, like Soul as a whole is so focused on Twitter that we just see a lot more of it. So we see these projects and they're playing into that to an extent. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and real quick, before I go anywhere, uh, for, for those people that are newer to this ecosystem and weren't trading on fucking digitalized and alpha art, like you need to count your lucky stars that we do have magic. Bro, digitalized? It, it has been an amazing uh, step forward for all of us that are participating still. I think I, I click, used to click refresh about 300 times every hour when I was sniping on Deloitte <laughs> back in the day. Solomanders. <laughs> that was different. Just a different time in general. Like, but I know we got, I want to hit a couple more of these hands before we, uh, before we wrap here. Poppy, what's going on? And then we'll hit Shillin, John, and I'm so. Oh, yeah, I guess um, just to uh, just to hit on both of those points real quick, I was going to say both the one that Sweeper brought up earlier and what Bryce was just talking about. I definitely agree. The vast majority of quote unquote investing in NFT world is still just uh, glamorized gambling. I mean, you can have no idea on any given day what's going to happen. But that said, I think that there are examples like the ones that you mentioned, Easy, and like what Sweeper brought up of some of these projects like Tayo with Graphite like D gods with dust that they are working on building out a more robust ecosystem within their projects. That's more reminiscent of like a traditional business and they're creating models of sustainability, things that are not just ebb and flow of hype that come and go. And so I think that that is where now we're going to see more projects step up and try to create those models for themselves. 
that are going to be safe long-term holds in six months from now, those are the ones that even if they're not having like the price action we all want right now will be exploding six to 12 months down the line. 100%. And that was, we didn't dive into it a ton here. I wanted to focus on some of that business to business stuff and how some projects can gain revenue outside of royalties. And I think those are the projects we're going to see succeed. So I do think there's still a lot of timeline to go and we're going to see some of these projects adapt and provide value outside of just the holders and back into like community treasuries and whatnot. But Shillin, what's happening? And then we'll pass to John right after Shillin. Yeah, so I want to preface by saying that everything I said about DJ in town, like secondary wise, I didn't like, doesn't mean like what, what's going to happen second. What I'm saying is like, I don't think we should get away from that mint, particularly like how that mint went down. Like everyone wants to get away from it. And like, dude, there's obviously a market demand for that. And there's a chance that we can make more money if we do more mints like that. So I think Magic Eden should reconsider and should relaunch shit just like that. Um, it's not like a Gen Town specific thing that I'm bullish no, on. No, you're right. Like the it's marketing effort specific. for sure. Yeah, the way they got marketed and everything. Like I can disagree with like, like certain points, but it, it's still profit. For sure. And I think coming from a trader mindset, a lot more people are in that same boat, myself included, where like if there's an opportunity for profit, instead of some of these people who are more of that long-term holder, they may have differing opinions on some of that. But I, I definitely agree. John, what's happening? Oh, what's up? Thank you, Easy, for allowing me to like talk to for a few minutes before you guys like end the space. Um, just want to say that, man, bullish on Solana altogether. Fucking, um, I to see like new and new faces come on all the time in different spaces on the timeline and whatnot. Uh, it's incredible what these projects are doing. It's excellent job to like DJ in town, being like a DJ mentor. So and having it come out to be at a 10 floor higher or whatever it is at, at the moment. And um, one quick thing on utility is that projects are becoming more and more clever. They're finding new ways to implement um, utility into their projects or so, and other projects are seeing what they're, what they're doing and implementing themselves. So, like, in the beginning or so, it's like staking was, like, a revolutionary thing. You know, only a handful did them. And now almost every new project has them or so. Like, it's nothing. Even new projects provide the service of staking or whatnot. And I think this is going to continue to happen with, like, other services or so, like the Discord tools for, like, market analysis and wallet trackers, et cetera, et cetera, to where there'll be service providers that just, like, you just go to them they'll set it up for you in your server and it'll be like a standard thing that every project will have moving forward for util as far as utility goes. And um, it's just great overall, like what's going on and like the space and whatnot. And don't get too tripped up everyone for everyone on this about the current floor price of like actual builders in the space. Cause I look at a lot of them as like many web three tech companies who are just doing the best they can to provide as much value, value as possible for their holders. So there's, buy your stuff, hold for the long term, and yeah, just write it out. Um, no, I think that's a lot of it too. Is, is Everything that goes up as quick as it has, we saw 260 back in November. Writing some of this out reminds me a lot of like 2018, 17, where those that survived were in such a better situation coming into this bull run and way more comfortable navigating it. And I think the same thing's going to happen out as we go into the next one. But uh, I'm so, what's going on? And then we'll end it off with Running Man. What's up, big bro? How you doing, Easy? Living well, living well. Nice, nice. So I'd like to just say a couple things here. First and foremost, utility is obviously king. You can look at every market cycle. You can assess the shit coins. It'll be very clear. NFTs are the new shit coin. And the ones that have the utility to provide the ROI 
that will get you through a market cycle are going to be the successors. Solana is the most liquid blockchain with the most transactions for NFTs and the best utility performance. It also has programming languages that make inter-blockchain connectivity easier than ever because of the ability to build in Rust and execute elsewhere. We have so many things coming with CrossMint and other options for Wormhole, et cetera, et cetera. Executable NFTs that will work in a dynamic fashion so they can evolve and be changed programmably over time. We also have the prospect of the Raindrop Protocol connecting everybody's NFT tokens into gamified ecosystems so that everyone can benefit everywhere. And we are also going to set the standard for what a DGEN Mint should look like. DGEN Mints should not be something that you are literally putting money into and hoping that it's not a slow rug because 7 out of 10 is. DGEN Mints should be provided by projects that actually have something to offer a large variety of people as an onboarding technique. So if anybody wants to look a little deeper, it's all on my profile. I fucking love you guys. And we're going to change this game. I promise. Appreciate you, bro. Could not agree any fucking more excited for the future of soul running, man. What you I got? actually, I actually agree with that. You know, launch, launch mine out NFT. They could have like a little incubator there that and bring in like, you know, relevant projects for utility on and just launch it. And, you know, giving people a chance. Like, instead, we, have, we got this DJ. I mean, I'm just going to talk a couple of projects because, I mean, we haven't really talked any anything going on in the market. I mean, look, I'm, I'm looking like at stuff that I think's got got legs. Dodge, Dodge Capital um, is one of those projects that's got multiple income streams and I'm building and I'm holding steady at five sol. I think they've definitely got mid, mid-tier blue chip potential when volume comes back into the market. Fat Cats Capital, um, I mentioned already. Exposure to Bifrost and the Alpha that comes with that, and you know, you know, we, we get to see the projects launching early on. That I think Bifrost's going to be um, a big, big player in the space. And I mean, anybody who wants to do some trading um, with floors remaining stable, sniping dump rarity is the way to go. And there's a little bot minting called Solset. Um, sniper, which like gives you access. You know, you can pretty much load hundred collections up in there, and set set your limits, and it'll just auto buy and auto snipe for you. That's one that people you know should look at getting as well if they want to take some rarity out in the market. Um, so yeah, just thought I'd drop a couple of projects there. No, certainly a couple of bangers. Appreciate everyone tuning in today. This is your Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time Space. Solana made easy. Shout out my co-host and running man. Shout out all the incredible speakers. We'll be back again on Monday next week at 5 p.m. Talking about everything that happens over the weekends. Enjoy your weekend. Follow the speakers. We'll catch you next week.